Welcome to the Manufacturing Fix podcast. Each episode, we're going to be talking about a variety of manufacturing hot topics, lessons learned, and industry best practices to help educate listeners on ways they can manufacture smarter. We want everyone to gain a valuable insight, get expert advice, and tangible takeaways. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Manufacturing Fix. Uh, this is Wes Kelly. I'm the Center Director for Manufacturing Technology Solutions or better known as MTS. And we are uh, blessed to have a good friend of MTS with us today, uh, Mike Hizaeus. Um Mike, welcome. And uh, would you just give us a brief, a little background um, of Mike Hizaeus? Sure. Good morning, Wes. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I, again, appreciate the partnership with uh, MEP. South Dakota. I've got a, a history of Toyota. Uh, fortunate enough to get started with Toyota in Kentucky in 1987, the first wholly owned Toyota plant in North America, and uh, had the good fortune of starting as a frontline supervisor or group leader. And uh, yeah. they sent an army of Japanese trainers over to teach us. I think there was about 300 at one time. Uh, where every uh, supervisor, manager, such as myself, had a trainer by my side teaching us the Toyota production system in the Toyota way. So, so I had good fortune to grow up with uh, Toyota in Kentucky going from uh, 1,500 of us on the first shift uh, to over 8,000 now in the largest Toyota plant in the world. Uh, so I had the uh, opportunity to learn the operations uh, systems and then uh, went to human resources for a couple of years as a, a general manager level uh, and learned the, the people systems or the, the culture I like to talk about. Um, and uh, did leave the company after 13 years to pursue some other work and um, met Jeffrey Liker and wrote the Toyota Culture book. And um, and that book has given me opportunity to work with lots of different organizations, uh, industries uh, across North America and across the, the globe uh, and working on this, uh, this culture and, and leadership topic, uh, which I'd love to talk about because it cuts across to any and every organization and industry. Well, well, good. Thanks, Mike. Um, I would like to talk about a topic um, that a lot of people um, ask about, and, and we see it a lot, is uh, a lot of lean journeys that companies take seem to uh, fizzle out after a while. And then they only become um, Kaizen events that are driven by one continuous improvement manager. What would you say is the biggest reason this happened? Wow, that's a big topic. <laughs> we'll try to break it down. That's a great question. Um, I just had a class workshop last week uh, for a three-day workshop and had probably a dozen different companies, two or three folks in uh, each company. And we went around for introductions, and there was at least five companies, you know, that gave in their introduction that uh, we're on our lean, our second time. One said, "This is our fourth, uh, fourth go around," <laughs> and uh, so, so we got a chance to talk about it. And uh, because if if, it, if we're starting and re and, and like you said, fizzling out and then restarting, some something's missing, something's wrong. And uh, so we want want to talk about that. And uh, you know, and I, I use the uh, the 4P model, and it's kind of a hybrid uh, of work with some work that I do with Jeffrey Liker and his Toyota Waybook, and also uh, LEI and Jim Womack, 
uh, and that's purpose, process, people, and problem solving as the 4P model. And I kind of say that that's the kind of the lean enterprise and what makes up this culture and, and the necessity uh, to, to address all of those literally systems within each of those P's. Uh, and the and always when I put up the, the triangles, I ask the, the participants, you know, which of those P's do you think most organizations spend most, if not all, of their time in? And, of course, the answer is quick and common, the process triangle. So, like you said, a Kaizen event or, or Kanban or, or what have you, all good stuff. But if done in isolation, uh, you know, will not, we're literally not sustained. And, and I believe that that's what's happening. Uh, and so it's how to, how to get organizations to address uh, those other ones uh, is a very key point. So um, the four P's, are they all equal in importance? Or just one? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily try to rank them, but, uh, and, and they're not linear. So it makes it for a little bit of a difficult conversation, although I, I talk about them literally, they all work together. I've seen some other model that showed more like a three-dimensional thing where they're all, all linked, which I think is more accurate depiction. Um, so I, I would say they're all necessary, uh, you know, without trying to, to, to rank them. And, and the one that, um, you know, that I talk about and I tell my classes I talk about the most is because it's the biggest gap is that purpose uh, triangle. And I talk about that in context of true north. Um, and it had links in what, you know, Toyota calls that, you know, that topic, uh, you know, the, the lean leadership. It's their Toyota leadership system. Uh, and so, so there's a gap. So there's two gaps there, a gap in leadership and a gap in that true north. And obviously they're intertwined. Because uh, I tell, you know, leadership at whatever level you are, it's your role, your responsibility to make clear that true north for your organization and to break that down by answering three questions. Uh, you know, why, how, and what? So again, lots of companies have visions and values and missions and purpose, uh, et cetera. Uh, and a lot of those are, are, are blurred. Uh, so I try not to get into the wordsmithing with, with folks, their posters or whatever. Uh, but are we answering those key questions for our people and our customers? Why are we in business? Uh, you know, why do I even have to worry about improving? You know, is that first one? And uh, I always uh, reference Simon Sinek with uh, a, a well-viewed, multi-million-viewed YouTube or TED Talk on the start with why. And at one time it was called the power of why. And, and he makes the point again that. Um, that that is the most powerful question to answer and the least answered question uh, for both our customers and our employees. Uh, so, so again, could talk a lot more about that. Um, and then the what, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on. The, the what he says is the, the most talked about. So I'm going to first go to how, then how. How are we to behave and how are we to operate? So both the operating system and, and those values. And then finally, what are we trying to accomplish and, and making that clear uh, for the organization? Okay. Um, so let's kind of stick with the, the purpose. 
Uh, would you say that's where most companies should start if they're going to, let's say, re-energize their lean journey? I do think that's a good place to start. I, I usually, you know, I always say there's, I always put an asterisk on that uh, with be careful on, you know, recipes or um, silver bullets or what have you on uh, here's here's what to do, A, B, C, D, E, because uh, every organization is different. Uh, different leadership team, different business, different industry, different point in their journey. Uh, so, so I usually talk about, you know, plan, do, check, act, and PDCA. And, and, and again, that's what I was taught by the Japanese. If I went into uh, suppliers that were having problems, et cetera, we, we assess them uh, according to those components and a lot of those uh, 4P components. I identified those gaps, prioritized them, and then uh, – and then what made a plan to address. Uh, but uh, with that being said, True North is a great place to start, and I believe the best place to start if, if we're able. Uh, you know, again, the, the, the leadership component that, that highly dovetails this topic uh, is the biggest gap and the biggest barrier, I believe, to, to lean transformations. And like you said earlier, if it's, if it's up to the CI, uh, champion or even the CI team or the lean team, then uh, then we're in trouble. Uh, they have a very important role, but it's within the, the organization. And so those leaders have to take uh, the key role and just that, the leadership role in that journey. And so, uh, so yes, if, the, if we got the leadership team on board, starting with True North is the place to start. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of times they're not on board. So I'm talking to middle managers or CI managers and say, what, what can we do? Um, and so I'd usually say there's some parallel track there that, you know, can we get a pilot area going? Can we get something that a sphere of, a sphere of influence that we can impact and, and demonstrate success to start pulling those leaders into it? So in other words, answer that true north question, that why question at your level, uh, to demonstrate success uh, and then be able to influence those leaders. Uh, but if we have the leaders, uh, definitely uh, start with why. And again, that's that uh, Simon's video because of the, the power that there is into it. I've got somebody sent me a research paper not too long ago that said that, you know, the, the two biggest impacts on our culture uh, are our employee satisfaction, our employee engagement is providing purposeful work and meaningful relationships. And, and, and obviously both of those topics, uh, you know, with our true north and our, our culture. Uh, so to your point, if we can answer that purpose question and provide purposeful work, uh, we are well on our way to establishing a sustainable culture. Yeah, you bring up a very good point uh, earlier on the, if middle man, or not, if upper management's not on board, you know, uh, we run into that all the time. The, the top people are not completely um, on board with the, the whole lean stuff. Um, they support it only in um, talk. Um, but uh, a lot of that middle-level management is where, where most of the work's being done in the company that we deal with. But the thing that uh, I... I'm very interested in is the people aspect and, uh, and what, what's all involved in that people in the four P's. Uh, again, another huge topic, but we'll try to <laughs> break it down. 
Um, you know, and I always just say, start with the standard there too. So I think it, it, that that plan do check act. So what what have what have we stated as should be happening with our people? Uh, and I always say, you know, the roles and responsibilities. So so do we have the role of the leader? You know, in that lean organization, you know, at all levels, executive, manager, supervisor, uh, lead. Uh, value-added employee, et cetera. And those are missing lots of times. And so so I usually try to put it in terms, you know, the same terms that we use in that process triangle with plan, do, check, act, and what should be happening, what's actually happening, what's the gap, and address the gap. I use that same terminology with our people discussion. So have we stated what should be happening with our, again, the roles of all those levels? And, and then look at what's actually happening, and of course we will have a gap. And then we can start um, start addressing that gap. But the point being, you know, again, even when I, uh, you know, flash the Toyota Way slide to folks, you know, and talk about continuous improvement, respect, and trust, you know, the leader as coach and teacher, and not as dictator or autocrat or, or autocratic leader or whatever you want to call it. Um, most organizations have not set set that standard. Though most will say, "Oh, yeah, we want the other one. We want that." Facilitator, well, have you set a standard? No. Uh, and again, you know, no, no standard, no problem. So, so that's those same process-oriented questions go for our people value stream. We call it. So, let's state what should be happening within the culture. We want a culture of problem-solving and teamwork, as an example. We want leaders who coach, teach, and solve problems. Okay. Now we can set that standard. Now we can set a, a hiring system, a promotion system. Uh, by breaking down the competencies and the behaviors and then hire and promote people and leaders that demonstrate the behaviors of teamwork and problem solving. So, so again, that trying to break it down simply is not, you know, I'm, uh, please don't misunderstand me for it being easy. This is not an easy topic, but, uh, but trying to break it down to be process oriented and simple is, is our best chance to go after it. Uh, because we can do the exact same conversation at every one of those uh, leader positions. What do we want our supervisors doing? Because currently they're firefighting, they're doing admin work. You know, there we dump all the junk on them, the timekeeping, the scheduling, all the whatever stuff. Other than teaching, coaching, and problem solving with their people. Uh, so we have to do a, a nice role responsibility standard there. Check the current, identify those gaps, and start start closing the gap. And, and I love the leader standard work exercise as a way to help us do that. Uh, and we can take it right on down to the operator standard work. And, uh, you know, again, that people value stream, what is the role of the operator in most organizations? It's to do their job. It's to show up and do their job, uh, be dependable. Even we say if they do it with quality and safety, all that's good stuff. But at Toyota, we made the distinction and powerful lean organizations make the distinction. It's, it's not just their role to do their job. Uh, and do it well. We want them to do their job and do it well. We also, in lean, want them to improve their job. And so that small distinction is a very powerful one. That again, if we make that the standard, and then we hire people who are able to demonstrate that, and then we onboard people, we develop people, and we engage people in order to achieve that. That's a whole different ball game than just seeing what happens. And again, doing some Kaizen events uh, every other month. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to do a sidetrack here a little bit um, when you're talking about improving the jobs. Um, what's your opinion on a very good suggestion system for companies? Uh, we see it all over the board, but um, in your view, what is a really good suggestion system? That's good. Great question. And, and it's, it's not too sort of, not too, uh, side of a sidetrack because, uh, you know, when we talk about the team member engagement, that's exactly a, a great place to start because we can always say, you know, anybody, everybody, you know, a new hire off the street can have an idea, a suggestion on how to improve that job if given the opportunity. And again, given the, the kind of the process to allow that to happen. Uh, and, you know, and I'll even make a comment on your, I'm, I'm okay on it. Well, I just had this discussion again last week with this class and, and I told them, I said, there, the suggestion systems are all over the board that I see, but some some okay, some not okay. So I'll, I'll answer your question. But I guess my point is uh, I'd rather see a suggestion system all over the board than, than no suggestion system. And and unfortunately, a lot of times I'm still saying no suggestion system because, I, because we haven't had that discussion as an organization that says we want that to be happening. That should be happening. We want to get that team member input. So the fact that those organizations have said we want to get the team member input and they're at least trying uh, and working through a suggestion and try to make that happen, I'm good with. And now we can do our plan, do, check, act to, to try to make it, like you said, an effective one, a good one. Now, the ones that I've seen that effective are good. Uh, are a couple key points. Uh, you know, one is, you know, who implements the suggestion? And, and, and the key thing I learned from the Japanese is it's, the person who makes the suggestion. In fact, uh, on a trip to Japan, we went to a Toyota supplier, and and they always show the team member suggestions. It's great, you know, going to but two or American plants. A lot of times they're showing us the Kaizen event, you know, things, and which is fine um, because they don't necessarily have those team member improvements. When you go to Japan, they're showing you all the team member suggestions usually when you tour through. And uh, so anyway, that's what they were showing us. So we're going through the plant. And so when we came back to the room for debrief, one of the American participants asked the Japanese uh, sensei, what percent of suggestions uh, suggestions made are implemented? And, uh, he, you know, he was didn't speak English and he was asking the translator and she went through it again. And she said, can you repeat the question? They did again about two or three times. They went through this. And finally, she came back and said, uh, he does not understand the question because uh, suggestion made suggestion implemented is the same thing. There is no distinction. The person who makes the suggestion, of course, implements it. There, it wouldn't be a suggestion if it wasn't implemented. Uh, so so it, was, it kind of blew our minds. <laughs> but it was a great, a great point uh, to talk about. Um, and so, the, again, the point being that in a lean, a good suggestion system, the person make, making the suggestion does it. That is part of the process. He doesn't put it in a box. Or nowadays, they do it online and then shoot it up to some CI team that's going to say yay or nay or exit or, or owe it or whatever. And uh, and so now that doesn't mean that every suggestion will be able to be implemented by that person. It means that should be the goal and the target. And so then we can start with that person uh, and, and have that coaching uh, and, and, and teach them to evaluate in terms of feasibility, effectiveness, and cost and how to do it with with no cost, ideally, uh, and 
And then if they need support from maintenance or engineering, then we can we can get that support for them. And, and that's where the good suggestion systems have that. So so usually they're they're visible up on a wall or something that shows some progress, and then they they're uh, integrated into the daily huddles and into those value stream huddles to where is if the person who makes it can do it, great. Uh, it flows on through to complete. Uh, they get their recognition, however that is. We'll come back to that. Uh, if they need support, then it's it's visible and it's showed, and then we've got that daily walkthrough from the engineer or the maintenance or whatever that says, okay, here's here's what we can do to help. And again, through that process, hopefully teaching the person uh, what to do the next time on their own or coming up with new uh, new materials, what have you, in order to help them do it on their own. Uh, I'll go on a little sidetrack here, but, you know, uh, we had a suggestion system and the team members trying to do it. And, and if they wanted a new flow rack or a new shelf or a new cart or a new dolly, uh, you know, way back, we, have to, we had to make maintenance requests and because we couldn't weld or and all that stuff. So we had to get our maintenance department. Well, they, of course, were overloaded. So then there's frustration. Um, so then there's no more suggestions given in. So then uh, we found this uh, Creeform, uh, you know, flow rack with the metal in between. It looks like PVC pipe where a, a hacksaw and a Phillips head screwdriver uh, can take care of it. Uh, and so we did a little safety training, set up a little area, and then all the team members that had those suggestions for shelves or dollies or carts uh, could go back into the room, do it on their own, complete it, and be done. Um, very, very helpful. So my point being, they won't be able to do it all in, on their own initially, but let's let's teach and let's get the equipment and the, the training uh, safely to allow them to do so. So that that would be my bottom line. The the, the, the best suggestion systems are one that engages all, uh, gets them to do it on their own. And of course, uh, it's directed towards the work. That's also the beauty about having it linked to that daily management, that they're making suggestions to improve the work, safety, quality, productivity, cost, and HR, not on the flow of the parking lot or the microwave at the break area or whatever else. Uh, now, we want a system to take care of those. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's a, a monthly HR meeting or a monthly group meeting that they're identifying the microwave problem and getting that solved great. Uh, but the suggestion systems to be helping us with our safety, quality, productivity, cost, et cetera. I'm going to stick with this uh, suggestion system because one of the questions that uh, we always get hit up with is uh, when do or when are the uh, improvement ideas implemented? Um, you know, we're we're very busy at work. Uh, we don't have time to implement all this stuff. That's why we push it off to our CI guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good question. And uh, again, organizations have to work through that. Uh, I, I forgot to come back to the recognition, so I want to hit that one and then hit your question. Uh, you know, and, and I've seen that all over board and even differences at Toyota on what, you know, at Kentucky we paid for suggestions. Uh, and 80% of them, we call them intangible. So if we do something that we can't substantiate the savings and quantify it, we still gave a nominal $15, $20, uh, gift certificate. And then the, the, the big dollar ones we could substantiate, uh, then we gave a, a, a portion of those savings to the team members. But I've seen that all over the board as well, but I, but I think that's okay as far as, you know, whether we give them a pizza party or a drawing out of the hat at the end of the month or whatever, some way to, to 
keep that energy and, and recognize those folks that are coming up with those suggestions. Uh, and, and it kind of dovetails into your, your question as well, because, because we want to motivate that and encourage that. Uh, and now how do we do that feasibly through the work time? Now at Toyota, we did it on overtime, plain and simple. So whether it was the quality circle, which is a, was a, a steep, uh, a step deeper than the suggestion system, um, or suggestions, uh, it was overtime. So whether it was before shift, uh, during lunch or after, you know, uh, after shift with the supervisor approval, uh, we'll pay you to, to make these improvements. Um, you know, we used to say we, we wouldn't pay for the coming up with the idea. I mean, sitting around brainstorming or thinking or whatever, uh, but we would definitely pay for them making that new flow rack or that new cart or what have you to, to actually do the implementation uh, was paid over time. And, and, and the payback on that was, was easily substantiated uh, in the positive. All right. Thanks. Um, I'm going to limit it to one more question and then, and then we'll close out. Um, I have a, everybody has their own definition of what lean really is, but, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people say it's uh, the elimination of waste or MUDA, but uh, I take a different view of it. I think it's just all about um, develop or developing a standard and then, um, problem solving to maintain or improve it. Is that close or, or way off? No, it's not way off. Uh, that, that PDCA is so strong all throughout it. And, you know, and, and part of my definition, you know, comes from those four P's, you know, and doing PDCA within each of those, like you said, of, of making that standard of what should be happening with the true north and the leadership. What's actually happening, closing that gap, and then we can do it at the process level. We can do it all through and then do it at the people thing like we described. So I, so I think you're on board there. Um, you know, my mind went to one time I was introduced to a, a company. They had me come talk to their to their managers and supervisors, but then they wanted me to talk to all the hourly. And, and it wasn't that big of a company, but it was probably 250, 300 people. So, so he called, the president called a meeting, and it was between shifts, first and second shift. So it, had it on the loading dock because that was the only big enough place to have them all. So we all talked about this topic like we just did for half hour here. And, uh, but when he introduced me, I remember his introduction. Um, and he said, you know, there's lots of different notions, lots of different notions of lean out there, but my definition is all of you people out there, you know, we got problems out there, don't we folks? And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, we got problems. And uh, he was like, well, you know, us up here, you know, pointing to the managers and super, you know, we can't solve them. We need, we're all in this together. We need to all be identifying and solving these problems. And that's the culture I want in this organization, where we're all in this together, identifying and solving problems. And um, like, well, that's a pretty good summary right there as well. And that, that kind of dovetails into your point uh, at, at whatever level we are, what should be happening, what's that standard, and then closing that gap. And if we can get, 350 people doing that, if that's the size of our company, uh, think of the powerful culture and the business we'll have there. Well, good. Hey, Mike, I know you're extremely busy. I really, really appreciate your time, taking time to talk with us. Uh, I know this is a huge topic. We could probably go on and talk for a couple of hours, but uh, I just wanted to keep it brief uh, this morning, so 
I really do appreciate your time and any closing comments you want to make. Uh, no, I think uh, just appreciate the, the time and the opportunity, and and uh, I think closing it like you said on that that plan do check act, and uh, and so I would recommend uh, to the listeners here that to do just that. Um, you know, you can you got lots of gaps, lots of problems. Uh, if you don't, then you're not setting those standards, and so go forth, set those standards, identify those those uh, gaps, prioritize them, and 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 start your your journey of plan do check act and you will make progress. Uh, no doubt about it. If you're doing that. Yeah. There's one thing that you taught me very early on is no standard, no problem. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Wes. Appreciate it. All right. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is powered by South Dakota manufacturing and technology solutions, helping South Dakota manufacturers expand their capabilities to grow, innovate and achieve operational success. For show notes and more information, please visit sdmanufacturing.com.